the Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, everybody, the Honorable Judge Jerry! <laughs> Order in the court! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no more unruliness. All right, how does that sound, guys? Did that, did that work? Does that work? <laughs> sounds, sounds not believable. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, Gene. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jerry. I noticed you've been... Uh, uh, it's hard for you to kind of turn. You have a stiff neck or something? No, no, my what neck's happened? okay, but I... Uh, I went to Florida a week or so ago, yes, spent time with my, my new grand, uh, yeah. granddaughter and granddaughter, Fiamma, and uh, visited my daughter, Lindsay, my son-in-law, David, and my two grandsons. And so while I was down there, I was moving something. And, you know, every now and, and by the way, as you are, I'm a backpacker and a cyclist. I've been <laughs> lifelong, <laughs> like. Lifelong, physically pretty active. Oh, man. I'm... Let's cut all the BS. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm 75, you're 74. I'm a half year older than you. So, but I, I've been physically active my whole life. Yeah, so I was yeah. moving something and like, never had this happen where you go, oh, F. I won't say the word because I don't cuss. <laughs> oh, <laughs> F. <laughs> because I turned just the wrong way and I could just feel it. And when that happens. And you're the physically... Um, active it one. just stuff happens. You're so always I just turn. Out, I, I, I turn wrong, moving something. Like, oh, that's gonna hurt for a while. Why? Why were you? Did you? Oh, that's just, just moving something. something yeah, yeah, picking something up. And, and then, oh, and then, yeah. like, so my son-in-law David, who is a stunt man for Disney, so yes. he he works at Disney World and right, yeah. the Indiana Jones show. So David's got this apparatus that he hangs in the doorway. Stick it between the two door jams, yeah. and you can hang on it and do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he does pull ups and this and that. So I said, "Hey, you got one of those things? You put the doorway, yeah, boom, boom, and he's got it up." And he says, "Yeah, just hang from that, and that that's going to help because that's just going to stretch, stretch out everything." Yeah. So I was hanging on that thing, and I'm trying to do some pull ups, and and so then I think I ruined a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so now then it gets worse. Then I take my son, grandson Schuyler to a park, and because his dad is a stuntman, like this dude at two <laughs> climbs like on top of the ceiling. He just has yeah. no sense of what is dangerous. Of gravity. No sense of gravity. No, he has no fear. It's stupid, by the way. It's yeah. dangerous. So he is climbing up on something, and I realize that he now is going to fall, and he's going to get hurt. If he hits his face on all these iron things in this... Whoa play apparatus at this park so i reached over and i grabbed him by i guess his shirt and i probably saved him from getting hurt and when i went forward i hit a bar <laughs> and i went double f <laughs> the back hurts the front hurts i'm like hurt how long have you been in pain now uh i would say probably for two weeks for two oh, weeks it, incrementally it's getting better and then a friend of mine who I cycle with said, oh, yeah, I, I had a bicycle accident where I hit something, went off the road, and I hit my chest on the handlebars, 
and this is why I didn't go to the doctor, because I get diagnosed by my neighbors. He's my neighbor, and he's, a, <laughs> he's like a mechanical Gee. engineer. And he says, oh, yeah, you, what you do is you, you mess up the cartilage. He started to explain, to, started to yeah. explain f- physiology. He says, there's all this cartilage in your chest, because right, I thought it? I broke a rib, bruised a rib. Oh. He said, no, I just tore up the cartilage. Yeah. He said, it'll take about eight months for that to feel oh better. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Eight months? Oh, man. You, at so. your age, just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> stay home. Stay home. Just stay home. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Apocalypse Now? Yeah. Based yes. on uh, Conrad novel uh, Heart of Darkness, by the way. You went years. And you kept and, always saying that was your favorite. Oh, oh it's, it's a great movie. Yeah. And in that movie, Mine was Chef, the music. one what? of the great characters, <laughs> Chef, they're going up this river in Vietnam into Cambodia, and yeah. he they stop because he says, there's tigers out there, but I'm going to get some mangoes and make yeah. this thing because he's a chef, but he's now drafted in Vietnam. And a tiger chases him, and it scares the hell out of him. He almost dies, and he gets in the boat, and he says to the guys on the boat, on this PT boat, never get off the boat. That was his lesson from that. And that is your message to me. In life, Gene, never get off the boat. Stay at home. Every person I know, and this is true, that either works out or does a lot of athletic activity, every single one of them at some point is having a hip replacement, is limping, is sore legs. This is coming. I once had a headache. (laughs) (laughs) This is just... Pay no attention this to him. This is just coming from the guy who brings his own cushion to sit on. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, work. you can't work out with hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Jerry, speaking of that, speaking of there's, all this stuff. no shame. Like staying home, don't get off the boat stuff. Yes. I've got Amazon Prime, and... Amazon Prime, and I want to put a shout out for them because I have no idea who the, yeah, all the Amazon stuff. Who's the guy that owns Elon Musk? He does Tesla. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is the guy from Amazon. But Amazon Prime, among the zillion of things they do to make bazillion money, is they now are producing original content for television. And And boy, they are really competing with cable networks and major networks. So one of the original shows they have is a show called The Amazing Mrs. Maisel. And I started binge watching it with my wife and like, we're like, we can't get anything done. Let's schedule a time to watch the next episode. There's two years up and we're most of the way through the first year. Here's why I brought it up. It takes us, you and I will understand this. Maria will, it's going to be ancient <laughs> history to her, but it's something, Maria, you ought to check out, too, as a person who didn't live, of course, in the 1950s and 60s, mm-hmm. because I was in high school in the late 50s, high school in the 60s, college in the 60s. There was an era called the Beatnik era. Mm-hmm. You probably heard about it. It preceded the hippie era of mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s, and the Beatniks were in the 50s. It was very Greenwich Village-centered, New York City, mm-hmm. and... This story is about a Jewish woman from Manhattan, lived in Manhattan. Story was there a lot of whining? And she becomes, (laughs) and she becomes a friend. It's fictitious. Yeah. Of Lenny Bruce, Maria. Do you know who Lenny Bruce is? Is he a poet? 
He has uh, close. He is. He was a philosopher slash comedian. Okay. Outrageous comedian. Outrageous. He and Richard spent time Fire in jail him. because they kept jailing him for the stuff he was saying. He Whoa. was very very edgy. I suspect on YouTube there's Lenny Bruce stuff. He's, yeah, he you died. Google it. Okay. Oh, you sh- you would. Lo- I think that you would love him for Sweet. his spirit, his politics, his edginess. Yeah. But he was playing. He in was these- jailed for his comedy. Imagine oh yeah. That. Imagine that. Jailed for his comedy. But he played in these little clubs where there were folk singers playing and poets. Hmm. So those three pieces made up the Gaslight, the Village Vanguard, uh, the Bitter End, all of these very cool places. And Mm -hmm. these early folk groups were breaking in at the same time. Yeah. But this is a show, Jerry, because and it's and not joking here, but it's very rich with the Jewish subculture of New York in that yeah. time period. It's oh, yeah. hilarious, I, I will, and I, I think it's important TV. And if it yeah. isn't winning a bunch of Emmys, it's going to. Well, I've heard a lot about it, but I didn't realize that's what it was about. So as soon as I finish Suits, and I only have two more episodes yeah. left, that's a good uh, binge yeah. series too. You ever watch Suits? No, I have no idea. <laughs> and that's a good one too. You don't have a television, do you? I do. You I don't even do. know who I am. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's yeah, why maybe that's, that's why I agreed to do it. Yeah. That's this why, is this is your you postgraduate work, yeah. Maria. That's why she made Wait, fun you're of my Je- cushion. You're Jerry, right? I'm Jerry. This is, this Jean. is Jean. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'm Judge Jean, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh... Speaking of Maria, there there is a thing coming up in Ludlow. I love to promote Ludlow stuff because I want everybody who hears this show, whether they ever oh, get yeah. to the Midwest or not, this is such a cool little place right across the Ohio River from Cincinnati. And Ludlow has, in February, the Cabin Fever yeah. uh, Art and Music Festival. Mm-hmm. February 23rd. Is Second the year that date. they've had it, organized by Catfish Williams, who is the owner of Folk School Coffee Parlor, and his team of people, Casey mm-hmm. Campbell's involved, and probably Big Dan, et cetera. And they're putting this together for the second year, bringing in a bunch of musical guests, performing in, artists, performing in a whole bunch of venues in Ludlow. And you are one of the performers. Yeah. So you'll be per- and pretty you'll, excited. And they're doing sure. it in maybe six, seven venues around Ludlow. And yeah. you buy a ticket and you get into all of them. So I urge people, if you are from this area, please check out uh, the Cabin Fever Art and Music Festival. It's going to be very so cool. So you, you play in festivals. Yeah. I don't go to festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Payback. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> Wanted to ask you, you buy a question. A TV, I'll go to a festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, let me make this announcement here. We'll be back live. If you're streaming live or you're watching Facebook live, we'll be back here at Folk School Coffee Parlor on Tuesday, January 8th, then the next Tuesday, January 15th, and then also on January 29th. Those are all Tuesdays. Those will be live. But Those will all January be live. January 8th, you'll let them. Yeah, Maybe they'll be running yeah. Per, pretty, uh, yeah, those shows become pretty regularly. Okay, so wanted to get that in there, but I wanted to ask you, since the year is ending, 2018, what do you think is the big political story of the year? Well, the big political story of the year is is Russia. and But it's more than just Mueller. It's more than just what connection Trump has with the Russians or the his campaign had with the Russians. It it's more than that, and I think if we step back, we can see a trend of what's going on. I will tell you there, 
two seemingly unrelated stories, but I'll try to bring them together then. The one is uh, a few months before the 2016 election where Trump got elected, the, all the intelligence services of the United States, you know, CIA, FBI, all of our intelligence agencies, they concluded and had proof that Russia was interfering in our election, the election that was coming up. And so they went to President Obama, and they said they had a, obviously a very private meeting with him and saying, hey, we just want to let you know this is what's going on. Here's the evidence. There's no question about it. They're interfering in the election. The President Obama at first didn't know what to do because this close to an election, if he suddenly holds a press conference and says Russia's interfering, uh, you know, on behalf of Trump, it would look like he's trying to influence the election. And secondarily, what was in his mind, as it was in everyone's mind, is probably that it looked like Hillary was going to win anyway, so why create this public controversy? You know, we'll deal with it after the election, but it's not going to change the election. She'll win anyway, so, and then we'll deal with the Russians. That was his first response. But it was continuing. And then with the, uh, the WikiLeaks and letting that all out, so they called in the leadership in the Congress and the Senate on both parties, including Mitch McConnell, and they went to this private meeting in this secure where they have, you know, where they do all the nuclear stuff if it's necessary, or where they had the planning to get Osama bin Laden. This is no microphones, no cameras, highly secure. And they had the, the Committee of Eight, which are the chairman of the intelligence committees of both parties in the House and the Senate. And Mitch McConnell is there, you know, is one of the representatives of the Republican Party. And Brennan, as the head of the CIA, lays out all this evidence. And what he was asking for, and Obama was willing to do, in fact, everyone in that room was willing to do except uh, McConnell, is issue a joint statement from both parties, this is what's going on. Not to create a panic, but we want each, each of the state's election, boards of election, to understand, to watch carefully what's going to happen now on election day. And Mitch McConnell refused. He says, I'm not going to sign that. This is just the way to get people angry at Trump. I won't do it. So... If, it, if the Republicans wouldn't join in the statement, then Obama made the decision, which in hindsight you can say he should have done it anyway, but it's not clear, knowing what they did at the time. But anyway, no statement was made before the election. Because truthfully, everyone kind of thought, oh, Hillary's going to win, Trump has no chance. Well, as you know, that's not what happened. So... Okay, that's the first story. Remember that. McConnell says, no, I'm not going to do it. The pubs there in the room said, no, we won't sign it. Then this past week, your namesake, Maria, 
by the last name Butina. Uh, Maria Butina is a Russian national uh, here in the United States. She was arrested several months ago. She's been in solitary confinement. And last week, she pled guilty to being a Russian agent. And she's agreed as part of her plea to cooperate in this whole Russian investigation. The intriguing part, and it's not been the biggest story of the year by a long shot, but was, what was intriguing about this is she was trying to, she's a, a gun advocate, she was trying to uh, infiltrate herself into the NRA and also develop friendships and get information from big Republican donors here in the United States and right-wing donors. She identified major right-wing donors to the political spectrum here in America and the NRA, which is, of course, very Republican. And she tried to, she wanted to establish contacts there. She would be invited to these dinners. She would start dating some of them. It became, and they, they caught her. And so the question then becomes, why are they focusing on that? And it got me to thinking that as we were growing up, People, Gene and I have been joking, but, you know, people in their 70s or adults, most of our adult life had been that Russian infiltration in America was always from the left, the communists. The communists would infiltrate the civil rights movement. The communists would in infiltrate the anti-war movement. They would infiltrate the State Department, and there was the famous Alger Hiss case. There was Joe McCarthy. There was Richard Nixon. I mean, people would get elected often by accusing Democrats and liberals from being soft on communism. They're too pink. That's how Russia was trying, the Soviet Union, as long as it was communist, was trying to dismantle our government or weaken us or weaken the West so that Russia can expand, which has always been its desire. And now suddenly, the threat to America is from the right. So you don't hear about the Russians trying to infiltrate the left anymore. You see, the Russian DNA is totalitarian. It had nothing to do with communism. They have been a totalitarian society for hundreds of years, they had the czars first. And then communism became an economic system for them. But that was just an economic system that the dictators used. Once it fell, they didn't suddenly say, let's have democracy. Putin and the people around him, they are authoritarian figures. They, make, they like the dictators. That's the movement that's going on in the world, all these dictators rising and the right wing rising in various countries. So Putin sees that it's in his interest to suddenly infiltrate the right because they're doing the stuff that he wants. Think about it. 
the right-wing Republican conservatives, they're the ones that are attacking our democratic institutions. And, and, and I include Trump in this, so as the leader, one of the leaders of it. Attack the press. Attack the court system. Attack minorities. Attack voting rights. Everything that dictators would do. Any dictator tries to do away with the free press, tries to do away with, uh, create scapegoats. Who are the scapegoats? The minorities. They're the rapists coming over. They're invading us. They're coming over. Every dictator does that. Create a fake enemy and get the people to back you so you don't have to worry about what else is happening. You've got to be afraid of these, these invaders. This is all coming from the right now. So we who grew up always thinking that the liberals always had to make excuses for, no, seriously, we really do love America. We are trying to have a strong defense and all that. Now the people that are undermining our national defense, our democratic institutions that make other countries want to follow America, all of those institutions are now being attacked in America. And who are they being attacked by? Right-wing conservatives. That's true. In fact, I can't, it's hard to think of an exception to what's going on. So watching that, we have to start paying attention to this threat. So it's not like Russia created Trump. No. It's happened within our own country, and Putin is now just taking advantage of this. Are they trying to infiltrate us? Yes, they've always been trying to infiltrate us. But they now see that the easiest way to undermine America is to become friends with the extreme right, to become friends with the NRA. That's why someone like Maria Butina, a 28-year-old young lady of no particular experience in anything, but what are they getting her to kind of hustle up to some NRA people and some right-wing donors? You know, and getting them in compromising positions because they figured out you want to dismantle America, follow the right wing. That's what's happening. All right, folks, we're going to get the duo jets uh, back up here. We had them on the last podcast, and uh, we really loved the stuff that they sang for us and played for us. So we've got them back up this week. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys again, it is um, a, a composition of Jeff Perholtz over there on guitar. We've got Misty Perholtz on the bass and uh, Michelle Himmer over there uh, on the acoustic guitar as well. And I mean, let me tell you guys, this is an incredible group of musicians. It's, it's kind of like a super group because Jeff and Misty are both uh, part of the Newbies, which are an, a great local band, and Michelle Hemmer, she writes and performs incredible songs, um, co-writes with her husband as well. So um, please tell us a little bit about uh, the song that you're going to play for us. Um, okay. I know last week was a Christmas one. She writes some music for TV shows, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's true. 100% accurate. Um, no, I, um, this song is called Run, and it, I wrote it during the election, actually. So it is my, I, I'm not super political in terms of publicly political, because <laughs> I, you know, want to keep my friends and family close by. But, um, you know, but no, I wrote this as kind of just a, a, 
as like a wow what is this you know like <laughs> um, um so yeah that's the that's where the song is and then um you know jeff and misty obviously you know i kind of brought it to them and you know i think we have a good rapport in terms of what we like and musically and they just they pile on the harmonies and pile on the guitar stuff and take it to a whole level that i never first saw it happening so yeah when we play together it's uh it's i always prefer to play with them than play by myself because they take me up like a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of notches. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You starting this? You ready for us to uh, play this song? Okay. All right. Run. Go. Fantastic. Oh, I thought you were okay. Go. Yes. Yeah. And that was it. We're good. <laughs>
you've recorded that? We have not. That's on our list, though. We have to well, record it. Well, hurry up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, that, uh, honestly, we the country hurry. should hear that. I mean, I could see that on late night shows and stuff like that. Thank you very much, Jerry. Yeah. 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 So. Well, yeah. We could get... We could get Maria to... Oh, I'm sorry. You wouldn't know who to call. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, that... Oh, that's, that's superb. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. We'd love, to, um, we'd love to know where to hear some more music. So uh, any links or anything? Yeah. Um, so, of course, thenewbies.com. Jeff and I have all of our listings there. Um, I'm on um, Spotify, iTunes, Michelle Hemmer. Um, actually, the CD on there, uh, it's called Beautiful Seconds, and um, this man produced it, and it's uh, amazing. I just love it. It's so great. I can't work on, to wait to work on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. And we may do a Duo Jets live uh, disc. We've always kind of dreamed about that because yeah. we are kind of crossing over in our live shows, doing some newbie shows with different arrangements and, and Michelle's tunes with different arrangements as well. And so we thought that maybe it would be kind of cool to do a live album with that awesome. and then the new material we have together hopefully record, start recording this year yeah awesome yeah. well we yeah. love it we thank, thank you, you very much all thank gonna you. be look looking forward to that uh greatly thank would you. you let uh jerry sing no, on no <laughs> 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 maybe sing with you guys on down by the riverside but of course all right <laughs> 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 uh, here we go I'm gonna lay down my heaven low Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my heaven low Down by the riverside I'm gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study war no more I ain't gonna study Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.